do well to be angry. Do you well to be angry? And we are confronted by God in the expected and the unexpected in today's readings. But how do you feel when someone doesn't do what they're supposed to do? The ones that don't stop at the stop sign. Or fail to signal to make a turn, cut in line at the checkout, have 40 items in their express lane basket. Or, what's better, to talk in this kind of voice on their cell phone in the middle of the restaurant. Admit it. You get upset, even mad, when someone, like, I don't know, a roommate leaves the, leaves the seat up, or the toilet paper is now rolling from the wrong direction. We get angry. We get upset. In short, we get angry when people don't do what we want or expect. Do you get angry at things in life? When they don't go as you expect? How about shelter in place? It was just 15 days, you know. Wear a mask. No inside worship. How about the smoke? How about the fires? Every place that has gone wrong. And it will continue to go wrong, of course. But in the midst of that, do you ever place the blame on God? To be angry with God. He could take care of this virus, why hasn't he? My gosh, if I were him, I'd do that. We're all lucky that I'm not God. <laughs> we repeat the line in Jonah. Do you do well to be angry? Jonah knew that God is to be gracious and merciful. Heck, God had just forgiven Jonah for running away from the task he was given to do. You remember the big fish and all. So God is now going to forgive the Ninevites. These guys are ugly. They held captive. They took, in their captives, they put giant fish hooks in their, in their cheeks of the prisoners to lead them around. They're brutal. In other words, they're the Kardashians of the Star Trek series. The real ugly, harsh group. God wants them to repent. I think of that for a second. God wants them and for them to be acceptable to God, they have to repent. So God wants them, and he wants them to repent. Enter the need for a messenger. Tag Jonah, you're it. He runs, but he can't hide, and he finally gives the message of repentance to the Ninevites. And they repent. As a whole nation, they repent. Their leader tears his clothes, rolls around in the in the, in the ashes and repents to God for all of their ugliness. That's what we expect God to do. But sometimes, like Jonah, we don't like it. He forgives them. Now, Jonah is angry because of God's mercy. Do you do well to be angry? God asks. Finally, we hear Jonah respond that yes, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And of course he repeats that when the plant grows and dies, that he is angry, all for the plant. That kind of seems extreme to me. 
I've seen a three-year-old, my own three-year-old, pout and do stomp, stomp their feet and demand their way. Our two-year-old granddaughter during a visit one time regarding food or shoes or clothes or bath, doesn't matter. She'd stamp her foot and go, no, not never, never, ever now. It's like, okay. It didn't work out well for her. She did not do well to be angry. But how do you react? How do you react when God does the expected? Forgives those whom you can't stand. Seems to bless the non-blessed. Or when you see others ravaged by war, disease, strife, that you wish were protected and saved in this world, in this way, by God. Get angry? Do you get angry with God? Think about it. Do you do well to be angry with God? Just because he doesn't do what you want him to do, the way you want him to do it, when you want him to do it, if we are the arbiter of what is ultimately right and wrong, then why do we need God? What's left for him to do? Especially when God does the very thing we expect based on his word, grace, forgiveness, and ultimately restoration. That's what we expect. But now the unexpected comes up. The workers in the field. Notice, very particularly in this parable, it's the owner who goes to hire, not the farm manager or the steward. The owner. Highly unusual in that time. Maybe even unusual today. But it's the owner who goes to the marketplace and makes, makes the bargain or the contract with the first group. So when Jesus tells this parable, it's between his, his long discourse on divorce and the destructive power of possessions and another discourse on the rest and crucifixion, the healing of the blind men and such. So the hearers would be familiar with the casual labor pool. Today it's parking lot at Kmart or the Texaco gas station. But then a denarius was offered as a generous gift for unskilled labor. Pick the grapes. The harvest is ready. Go work. The first group gets the promise of a denarius. The first group gets the promise of the denarius. The second group gets a promise of what is right. The last two groups don't get a promise at all. The first group gets the promise of a denarius, the second one of what's right, and the last two, no promise at all. So at the end of the day, it's the steward who pays up, which is good. Clearing up the payroll at the end of the day was customary payment in cash, in this case a single coin. In a practical sense, how could the steward know who was hired when? Did they have armbands, color-coded time cards? How could he figure out how much was owed to each person? So maybe the easy thing is to give everybody the same, but that wouldn't be a good steward now, would it? 
just an aside, just think of what the poor steward is going through, the sense of who should be paid what. But it doesn't matter, because he pays everyone the same. The promise to the first was fulfilled to all the workers. When the longest workers got what was owed to them, they grumbled. Okay, okay, here we can say they were angry. Do they do well to be angry? The landowner's generosity to the latecomers takes nothing away from the agreement with the early birds, does it? Our relationship with God is always battered between what we expect and the unexpected. We expect forgiveness and mercy for us. But when we see it given to those, well, you know, those people, we question God's fairness. My take on the two readings highlighted here is, if we want fair, we will always be disappointed and maybe even angry. If we want grace, we will pretty much always be delighted. The psalmist this morning, this morning states that he will ponder the glorious splendor of your majesty and all of your marvelous works. That doesn't seem to imply that I will criticize and find fault with God's decisions. Nor does it say, by the way, God, I will tell you how you should rule the kingdom of heaven. Just listen to me. But the end. Do you do well to be angry? Especially angry with God. Or is that a reflection of what you want? And if you want fairness, as I said, you'll be disappointed and angry. If you want grace, then you can live in glory. So what do you want? Fairness or grace? Just think about it. For me, I choose God's grace every day.